Hey, how are you? It's Mary Bicknell. Welcome to Lead a Life Uncommon, where every Monday you're going to get a little biz bite to start your week off right. And then every Wednesday, we're going to deep dive into all things personal growth, where my goal is to help you have an aha every single week. You know, this podcast is for you, for the woman who's the go-getter, who knows there's more inside. And you know what? You're ready to smash through that self-imposed glass ceiling so you can finally see what you're made of. Ready? Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Biz Bites Monday. I'm super excited for you because I have a special guest expert. So pull out your notes and make sure that you're going to be paying attention in front of me and listening. And you're going to be hearing from Scott Aaron. Here's his creds, right? Here's his credentials. He's getting ready to write his fourth book. So he's got four books underneath of him, best-selling books. He's a LinkedIn expert. He has a top-rated podcast and he's a friend. He's the kind of person that you can go to and he's going to tell you the real deal, how to do it. He talks the walk, walks the talk, all of that, none of the BS. So if he's teaching it, he's coaching, he's consulting on it, he's done it, mastered it and made money. And more importantly, and I think this is relevant, his clients are making money. Over on LinkedIn, go connect with him and check out his um, reviews or, you know, how many, I think, what is it? 450, 460 by now? Recommendations. Yeah. Recommendations. That's what I meant to say. See, he's the expert. I misspoke. So, (laughs) (laughs) so today, Scott, I know that the first 10 minutes, what we always like to do is give people some action steps to get their week started off. Right. And then you and I will continue our conversation for 20 or 30 minutes. So here's the deal. I want you to talk about that one moment, that recommendations 450. That says a lot. I know that one of the things that people don't use number one is LinkedIn as effectively as they could. And I know that you're really like, here it is, right? We all have testimonials. We all have like the good stuff. But I think one of the differences that using LinkedIn recommendations is it's it's a little different than you're sending somebody, you know, hey, maybe you could say this, or I grabbed this quote that you said when we were working, working together. Why do you think there's so much power in the recommendation section of your LinkedIn profile? Well, your credibility speaks for itself. So for me, and I, I say this to my wife all the time. I don't like convincing people to work with me. Yes. I, I want them to want to work with me. Right. So when you have a profile that is abundant with recommendations of past and current clients that you're working with that all have that repetitive theme of yes. Scott has helped me. He knows what he's doing. His program's great. You need to work with him. And you read that almost 500 times, that's what we call a reoccurring theme. And success leaves clues. And the one big thing that I want to go back to what you said is that I do practice what I preach. And and I'll, I'll say this with confidence that there are a lot of, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, LinkedIn experts out there that may talk the talk, but do not walk the walk. Right. And I'm that person that talks the talk and walks the walk because I have to practice what I preach. I never intended on teaching LinkedIn. I was doing my due. I was getting results. People started to hear about it and they reached out to me for help. And that is the greatest sign that you're doing something impactful when people have heard about the success that you had because they want the same thing. Amen. My brother, whoa. 
powerful. So true. So to this point, you know, I run across a lot of clients that they have great marketing and all the things. And yet there's still people who there's a missing piece, exactly what you said. There's this missing piece where a, maybe they're not like their work is not being well-known, right? That thought leadership, number one. And number two is, I think there's also a misperception and misconception that you just put it up there and everybody shows up. And, you know, it's like, can you speak? It's, it's like this. It's like so many people think that they're just hanging their shingle online or whatever, wherever that is, right? We're talking about the online space and, and the professional space right here. They think that they can just throw up a few things and it's like magic. People are going to say, I want to work with you, Scott. I want to work with you, Mary, or I want to work with you, Sally Jane. Can you speak a little bit about like time invested? I know that, and I've listened to your training, of course, because we're colleagues and, and, and so it's brilliant. And can you speak a little bit to the power of investing time doing the right things so that you are making those right connections where people will reach out to you? Because again, it's back to that like instant and, and maybe it's post COVID, right. That everybody like came online and all of a sudden they're just like, ah, oh. um, what do you think about that? As far as an investment of time to really cultivate relationships and cultivate, um, showing up and adding value. One of the greatest investments you can make is not only in someone else's time, but the giving of your own time mm, because yeah. it's the most valuable commodity we have. And it's something we can't get back once we give it. You can get it back later when you create that time freedom with what you're looking to create. But for me, I put a, a very high value on the time that I spend networking with people on LinkedIn. I follow the principles and the teachings of the science of getting rich, which is to, to live in a world of creation and collaboration instead of a world of competition and comparison. So yes. there are still a, a ton of business owners out there that are spending that time comparing themselves to others, competing with oh, that person's competition. I can't, I can't tell you, Why? Mary, it's a, it's a mindset. Do you know, I I've had three or four other LinkedIn experts on my own LinkedIn podcast, and they have all said to me, all three of them have said to me, are you sure you want me on your podcast? Because we kind of teach the same thing. I said, listen, I said, I get that. Yeah, but yeah. The, the way that you say things is different from the way that I say things. And my audience may hear something differently that could impact them in a positive way. And I am right. always looking to take the spotlight off of me and put it on someone else. So I would love to have you on. All of them were like shocked. I, I was never reciprocated and that's okay because- I always like to put the best foot forward. I know, but you know, I have to go right to the, to that point. Cause what it does is it screams to me, right. When I can analyze this, um, from my, my clinical mind, right. It screams to me just really that lack and, um, well, well for a couple of things, right. One is lack and scarcity, but by the way, there's kajillion people. There's more than enough for all of us to work with cool clients, great clients, have friends, make call you know, have collaborative relationships and, we're all going to make plenty of money. So it's all good. Okay. Yep, yep. It's all good, but it, it really speaks to that scarcity. And it's like that twofold, right? Like how much should I like getting people and doing, you know, and you know, the goal here is, is that we have a wider range of audience, a wider um, ability to reach people. So one, it speaks to their, their, a, their scarcity mindset. And B, I also feel like there's just a little something about, you know, people having this concept, like what's mine is mine. 
The lack and of it, confidence. Yes, totally. Like if you were really worried about it, it, it wouldn't be a big thing, you know? So I love that you said that. Thank you. And it's also interesting because I've, I do workshop free workshops every single week. Right. And I can't tell you how many times people email me after and say, I've sat in on a ton of workshops and a ton of trainings and no one has provided more value than you. And that's the thing. I love over-delivering and under-promising because I remember listening to a podcast by Amy Porterfield, who's an amazing online marketer. And she had a quote unquote LinkedIn expert on there. So she was interviewing her, asking her questions. And this, this person, the guest was not giving up anything, was not giving any tips, no special sauce. And Amy, at one point during the interview, basically had to take it over, stopped asking her questions and started giving her audience tips about LinkedIn of what she knew because the person that was supposed to be given the tips wasn't because of the scarcity mindset they had. So everyone has this fear, Mary, that if they give too much, they're never going to get anything back. It's the complete opposite. Yes. The more that you give, the more that you get. So don't be afraid to give as much value as possible because people appreciate what you give them and they will also appreciate what they end up giving you. I love that. And and to this point, so let's make sure we're giving some tips here before our 10 minutes and then we'll get yeah. to our conversation for sure. Um, and I love Amy Porterfield. I was on her stage actually a couple of years ago for the success of launching a product. But anyhow, I would like for you to address how, so uh, I'm going to just rapid fire a few things. Do you ask people, Hey, can you go on LinkedIn and give me a recommendation? Is this one, something that you ask number two, is this just actually a part of your system or is it because this is also one of the things that you're teaching clients all about like collaboration, networking, et cetera. So therefore this is part of like a process that they're doing so that they can do it with their own clients. I know that's three questions right in there, but go ahead. Yeah. So I know you got it. <laughs> yeah. So you should be asking people for recommendations on LinkedIn initially, if you've never done it before, people that you know, yeah. people that you like, and people that you trust. Now, this could be friends or family that you're connected to on LinkedIn, people that can speak to your, your character. That could be an ex-employee, a current employee, an ex-boss, a current boss. It could be a coworker, an ex-coworker. It could be a current client, ex-client. Start with the low-hanging fruit. Then as your business grows, you can start to ask other people that you connect with on LinkedIn, where that connection goes in a direction where they either hire you, you do some work together. You can also ask those people. So for me, anytime I collaborate with someone on a podcast or do a free training, I reach out to that person and ask them for recommendation. And again, they, they then speak to my credibility. They speak to how I show up. Because again, you don't want to have to explain to people who you are, what you do, and why you do it. You want it to come through the words of others. Now, part of the system is, yes, doing that. As you grow your network on LinkedIn with the right kinds of people that are actively networking, they will be more than happy to write you a recommendation. But I believe in scratching backs. If someone's going to write one for me, I'm going to write one for them. So yes, I've received about 500 recommendations, but I've also given out close to 150. So if people ask me for one, I'm going to write them. So if you look at a lot of people on LinkedIn, they may have the disparity between how many they've given to how many they've received may be just crazy. They may have a couple hundred recommendations and only written two or three. So for me, if I've worked with a client, I'm going to speak to their character too, because I want to help them in the end. 
So a lot of this is part of the system and it's something that can be taught. But again, there is no better way to showcase your skills and abilities through the words of someone else that speaks to those skills and abilities. Yeah, that's so good. Okay. That was a lot. So I'm going to reiterate this because uh, like some nuggets that um, I, first of all, let me just start with this. I really appreciate that, that you said this is that do it for your clients. I'm listening to that. And it wasn't ever that I was like, oh, I'm not doing it for my clients. It was actually, that is so logical, right? To, to do. And everybody right now who's got their roster full of clients, past or present, that's something that you need to put an hour on your calendar this week and make that happen yeah. and, and do it perhaps without actually reaching out to them and saying, Hey, <laughs> you know, I just did this. I need this back or something like that. Um, let me give it, get another example. And then we'll continue our conversation. I want to ask about this. So is there language that you use? Is there specific verbiage that you use? You said all the like, no, like, and trust factor that people yeah. that we know, right. I've got all these people that I know. And are you saying something like, and let me just tell you what I'm saying or what I've tried or because I'm pivoting and, and going more, if you will, on LinkedIn and speaking more and getting back now that we're around real people again. Yay. Um, and it really is a matter of making that connection. Like, hey, I'm using LinkedIn a little bit more often um, than what? What am I saying? Like, hey, I'm using LinkedIn. Write me a recommendation because I'm really great. It's like, what what's some of the language that somebody could use? Because oftentimes it's even asking for the ask, right? The ask itself, the help yeah. itself, all of the stuff that's wrapped up in that. Well, when you go to the ask for recommendation section, it's yeah. actually pre-formatted for you. So you select the person first that you want to ask for the recommendation from. Right. Number two, what you want to be recommended for. So what what you know, uh, experience on your profile. Do you want to be recommended, but also the relationship? How do you know the person? Yeah. Did you work with them? Did they work with you? Did you co-work together? And then it, it comes up with a, a canned message, you know, hi, Mary, yeah. would you write me a recommendation? Question mark. And that's it. Now I add something onto it. Yeah. As, that's as what you I'm should. To. Right. So it would say something like, hi, Mary, can you write me a recommendation? And then I would add to that. I would appreciate your support in helping me grow my recommendations on LinkedIn. And I would be happy to reciprocate by writing one for you if you need it. That's good. Okay. And then again, when you send that message, it comes up with the link. And I can't like, if I'll, just as a, 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 an example, I'll send 10 of those out. So what I do is after I'm done working with clients, I never do it while I'm working with a client. I wait a few weeks after I'm done working with a client, I go back through my calendar and I'll see who I've wrapped up with. And I'll go into LinkedIn and I'll, I'll ask for the recommendation and I'll say, I'll, I'm happy to write you one back. If I send out 10, if they're doing what I've taught them, they're active on there. I'll usually get six to seven of them to respond back. Yes, I'll write you one. And sometimes that day. And I always, again, I believe in back scratching. It's not a one-sided thing, whether it's networking or whether it's trying to help out your clients that are helping you. If right. they're going to write one for me, you better believe I'm going to write one for them if they ask me. And that's why at the end of that, the first thing I ask is, can you write me a recommendation? But the last thing they read is I'd be happy to write you one. Yes. If you need to. So again, I always want to finish that sentence, that message that I'm sending them, leaving it in their court of how I can support them. You know, obviously if they've taken action on supporting me. Right. And of course we all want to write a recommendation for our clients, right? If they've done the work and they're working through like, of course, why wouldn't we want to do that? Of course. So it totally makes sense. But it goes even, I mean, Mary, it goes even a longer way than that because, yeah. you know, how many 
people work with coaches and then you're done with them and then you never hear from them ever again. I mean, it's so true. That's happened with me. I was I was in a high level mastermind a couple of years ago, and once I was done paying that person, I never heard from them ever again. Uh, I communicate with my clients ongoing. Like, I mean, I'm I'm I still talk to the clients that I are agree. done paying too. me years ago. So yeah. I'm happy to not only my clients become my friends, and that is the honest to God truth. Like, yeah. I love my clients; they they become my friends, and that's the way that it should be. You sh- you should create that long lasting bond because, again, one of the best sources of referrals for your business are people that you've gotten results for, and that's always what I pride myself on. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. That's a perfect um, note here about referrals. So. The same thing with this recommendation. Do you see asking for a referral is the same or is that a different process? So for me, I never really openly ask for referrals because I, I don't think it's a sense of, of being desperate for sales Like because I'm very selective with who I work with. But I, I do say this because you know clients will say, well, you know, if someone asks me, how am I doing what I'm doing? Should I just show them myself? And I was like, listen, you could show them whatever I've taught you, but I do have a referral program for any client that I've worked with. So if if you were to introduce me to someone that you know would be interested in working with me the the way that I worked with you, I give you X percent um, of the sale that that I make if they decide to work with me. So because I say to my clients, listen, you're going to be so productive putting into place everything that we've done together and getting those results and networking and getting on calls and growing your business that you're not, you're not going to want to teach someone else what to do. Right. Of so, course. so I like how you said that. So having a referral program yes. or, you know, as opposed to, and I mean, I'm sure there's like, Hey, you know, I know we had a good thing. This is what you got. You got a lot out of our working relationship. If there's somebody that crosses your path down the road, let them know, which, and, and sometimes it is that people, it's not that they're not wanting to make a referral. It's not that they're not wanting to tell you it's sometimes it's like, it's not even a thing they think, Oh, you know, of course, when I get referrals, I'm loving it. And I, I thank the person and, and do something, do a co- consultation with them yeah. and all, whatever it looks like. Right. Um, but sometimes it is, is that it's not that people aren't trying to make a referral. It's just, sometimes they don't even know. And here's the other thing, depending on the businesses that we're in, um, you and me, and then of course, all the people that are listening, sometimes we don't even know our colleagues need us, right? Cause they just don't maybe know, maybe they're not having that conversation. So it is just reminding people too, like you said, Hey, you know, that you have a referral program, or if um, I'm so glad we worked together, loved what you accomplished. If you hear these things. Something that I always tell my clients is that, you know, I appreciate referrals because I love putting money back in the pockets of those that put money in mine. That's good. Write that down. That's a writer downer, everybody. Like, because again, that's, it's, it's the key. I mean, so if you think about it from the client standpoint, number one, they've invested in you, they're getting results, they're making money, and now they get to make extra money by not having to coach or teach anybody else just by simply referring them to the person they worked with. Right. It's a win-win. Which, by the way, everybody, let's just, let me, let me, can I say the elephant in the room? Like, don't try and teach what you just were taught. That, that Okay, let me just say it again, because I see you nodding, so I'm just going to be the one to say it. Stop trying to just turn right around. Like if you're a dog walker on here, you're a real estate broker, you're a knitter, you're a consultant, and you just learn something from someone, you are not therefore the expert to go regurgitate, put a tiny little spin on whatever you learned and regurgitate it. This is 
Like this could be a whole nother conversation. Scott and I have talked about this offline before. Yeah. It's really like we pride ourselves in having a clean, solid business and and being able to consult with people at a certain level. And, you know, we, we know there's people that are just grabby. It's kind of goes right back to the other experts that didn't have you on the podcast, which I'd love to find out. I'm going to have to ooh, do undue yeah, diligence yeah. on that. It's the same thing. Don't go flipping around thinking not you, you said it so gently, like, Hey, you're busy. You shouldn't be teaching them when in probably inside you're thinking, Oh my God, you, you can't teach like, there's no way you can't, you're going you to teach what I so here's You've been thing. doing this too long. Like you got years under your belt and Sally Jane just coming along and thinking she's going to flip it. It doesn't happen all the time. So I don't no. want to put this out there that this is a common thing, but it has certainly happened to me where I literally have said something and within 24 hours saw somebody do a live stream and I looked at, and it just happened to catch my eye. It was like a coincidence. And I'm like, that looks like my whiteboard. And I'm like, that's not my whiteboard, but those are my words. Literally within 24 hours, she was reading her notes. She was talking about having a big, bold life in biz. And I was like, uh -huh. but anyhow, side note on that. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. move on. Well, one other thing I want to say to this, I always, the example I give to people is just because you bought a cookbook and made one of the recipes once and it came out correctly, doesn't mean that you can go and teach a room full of people how to make yes. that it's so true. And, and, and we find this in a lot of industries, just not the online industry, just not consulting. I mean, and the reason it was funny, I pulled out dog walking is it, that actually somebody I know, she was like, she has this dog walk, like a dog babysitting business. And it's like, she, you know, one time somebody like, anyhow, so these things happen and we know yeah. that. So yeah. don't do those things, people. Don't okay. do uh, Okay. So I know that you have like kind of um, in the world of, um, here's my philosophy. Then I, I'd love to hear your philosophy. One of yeah. the things I know LinkedIn is, is your, um, is your main deal. Yes. Are there, uh, let me ask it this way. Are there other platforms that you put your information out on besides your oh, podcast? Absolutely. I have a YouTube channel. Yep. I, I tweet. I don't, I mean, it's automatic. I don't, I don't ever go on Twitter. Right. 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 Uh, and I am on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on, I call it the big three, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, but I'm very clear with my message on all of them, but I show up differently on each one of those platforms because you can't use all social media the same. You have exactly. to put, you have to show up the right way to engage with the right audience on the right platform in a different way than others. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people get lazy and they're like, you know what? Whatever I post on Facebook, I'm going to post on Instagram and LinkedIn and they think it's correct. And you actually are disrupting what people actually want to see on the platform. And one of the biggest disruptions right now on LinkedIn that is upsetting the community is that they're tired of people posting Instagram and Facebook worthy content on LinkedIn when it has nothing to do with business. It's all selfies and, you know, people showing too much skin, scandalous photos, Photoshop right. photos, right. all of that stuff. So you must use, and you should use all social media platforms, but use them for what they're best being used for in the way that they should be used. 100%. I call it being omnipresent. You know, I think yes. that we need to be a lot of places and we need to have different mediums for different, you know, some people listen, some people read, some people, and you can have one piece of content and you can pull out and then appropriately put things on the certain platforms, right? Yes. So we definitely know that. So can you give your recipe? Cause I know you have a, a formula, a recipe for um, posting on LinkedIn. It's not the, the, you know, there's some social media platforms where more is better, so to speak, yes. right? Yep. LinkedIn is not one of those. No, 
So can you address that a little bit? It's not like posting two or three times a day or two or three times an hour, you know, that. Yes. So LinkedIn from a a very foundational level, if, if you do this, if you commit to this, you will start getting organic engagement on LinkedIn. So number one, post only three times per week. Yes. You've heard that correctly. Only three times per week, not three times a day, not three times an hour. That's all, commit- we're all, we're all having a sigh of fucking relief. Yes. Like, I mean, like, like I can't tell you, it's <laughs> just, that's why I love LinkedIn because yeah. I don't have to, I, you know, people see me all day long on social media and people think I'm on there all day long. Right. I am yeah. not like, I know, right. I get on there, I do what I need to do and I get off and I go do my income producing activities. Right. Like exactly. it's, again, it's for social awareness. So if you commit to doing a post on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you are way ahead of the game. Now, as far as the type of content you should put out there, it should be either educational or informative. So people are on LinkedIn. It's it's a business networking platform. So people are on there to be educated and informed. So as the business owner, you need to position yourself as the expert in your space. And the best way to position yourself as an expert is to provide relevant and value-added content. Yes. So that could be just an educational post about maybe something they didn't know about the industry that they're a part of. It could be uh, an informative type of post where you're giving three tips or three how-tos on this, that, or the other. Now, if you can do that, people will come back each day, each post to see what you have to say. That's why everything I do on LinkedIn is all education and all information. Now, there's different types of content that you can put out there as far as form of content goes. There's posts, there's videos, there's articles, there's discussions in groups, and there's polls. Now, if someone was to say, Scott, what would you recommend as far as what you should post and when it it would be this? Monday, always start with a video. The best way to build the know, like, and trust with people that don't know you is when they can see you, they can feel you, and they can hear you. Right. And that is done through video content. Now, it doesn't have to be some 10-minute long video where you're just you know talking about this, that, or the other. It could be a short two to four-minute video just using your phone and just using you and just educating and forming. So you know, giving three business tips on how to stay consistent on the weekends or you know, why it's important to take off of business on the weekends, you know, three reasons why. And you talk about those three reasons why. You write some content above the video and you post it. It's that simple. So you educate, you inform of your zone of genius. Wednesdays, I always like doing a poll. Now, when you do a poll, you can do it either from the mobile app or the desktop and you click start a post and it's going to say, well, what kind of post do you want to start? And you'll see a little bar graph and it says poll. You click on it. This is your market research post. Yes. So I'm always in market research mode every single week because I want to find out what people's pain points are, what their gaps and holes are, so I can then fill that with information that I'm educating and informing them on. So I did a poll the other day on what people do not like most on LinkedIn. Mm, Good one. And now I'm curious. it's, It's gotten 150 votes and most people are either displeased with the spammy messages. Yeah. And the Instagram or Facebook worthy content. Right. So now I can backtrack that yeah, and I can, right. I can do a, an educational video on the proper way to message people. Or I can do a, a post 
on three tips on creating the best type of content for LinkedIn to engage your audience. So again, you ask and you shall receive. So you ask a question, you give a couple different responses, you write some content above it and you post it. It gives you an automatic seven day duration. And trust me, people say, well, only six people voted. Great. That's six pieces of data research that you can then use because, you know, my dad always told me growing up that when one person says something, there's nine other people that feel the same exact way, but they just haven't stepped forward. So true. So So those six people really represent like 55 people that actually voted. Love that. Good. Now the third thing, so that's on Wednesdays, Yeah. Fridays, you want to do a post. Now with LinkedIn, they have extended the character limit to, I believe, 2,700, I think 3,000 characters. So it used to be 1,300, which is still pretty long form. But the thing is, I like theming out my content. So I did a, a, a LinkedIn Live about a month or so ago that was about um, four trends that I think are going to happen in 2022, right? And and I was giving kind of predictions of what I think is going to change with the platform. Then I did a, a post that was like an infograph on those changes. And then I also did a poll regarding that LinkedIn live that says, what do you think is most likely going to change A, B, or C? So theme out your content, whatever you talk about in that video on Monday, whatever kind of question you asked on Wednesday, take some of the data from that content and repurpose it as a simple post. Now it could be an infograph that you create on Canva, which I love doing because I love visuals because I want people to really not have to read all the content. Yeah, Yeah, I want them to be able to visually take something away. But if you could stick to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday routine, video poll post, educating and informing in your zone of genius. And think about this. When you're producing content, always do it from the PSP, which is in the passenger side perspective, not the driver side perspective, which is the DSP. So don't produce content from your egoic side, because again, everyone has their own initiative of what they want to post about. It's not about you. It's about the people that you're serving right. on the other side of that post that are reading it. So what do they need to hear? What do they need to learn? What do they need to know and post content around that? Love that. Thank you. And there's so much more around that, that I would love to talk about. We'll yes. have to do this another time. <laughs> and I love what you said. And, and I'm glad that you said it. I call it recycle, repurpose, reuse, right? So what you said, taking that video, doing a poll around it, creating the image, you know, doing a post, like all of that. And really what it does is it, A, it gets you organized. It simplifies things, having monthly themes or even weekly themes, yeah. knowing yeah. when you're going to maybe do a launch, those kind of things. Like really think ahead before we hit record, you said that that's what you've been doing. And of course that's what I've been doing. And I know to this point, right? You know when you're doing specific launches and you have something exciting coming up um, yes. shortly. I'm so excited to share you with my audience and everybody. And I, I will be personally signing up myself. Talk a little bit about what's coming up um, your next workshop masterclass situation. So we're doing a personal branding uh, masterclass and it's a seven day masterclass where we're going to be teaching people how to build out their personal brand on social media. I think one of the the biggest things that people don't understand is, you know, how do I do that? So basically what we're going to teach you over those seven days, you know, what is it that you want to be known for? And I I think a lot of people don't really know how they want to position themselves on social media, because again, you know, I could have been a quote unquote social media coach. I'm not, 
Right, I'm right, a LinkedIn right. expert. I honed yeah. down and I niched down into just LinkedIn because that's what I wanted to focus my time on. Right. Once you you know how you want to show up and what you want to be known for, then it's starting to find the uh, d- defining what social media platforms are your current clients sitting on. So yes. this is the other thing that you want to define. So many people are like, well, I'm not getting results on Facebook and Instagram. Well. What if your ideal client is on TikTok or on YouTube or on LinkedIn? You need to understand each specific social media demographic, what they make, how old they are, what they do, and if they could use or implement things that you can teach or you're selling or you're promoting, right. whatever it is. Yes. Then we go through action steps. So if you're going to be using Facebook, here's what you should do. If you're going to be using Instagram, here's you're going to here's what you're going to do. If you're going to use LinkedIn, so giving you a process of how to build your personal brand. We're doing Q&A a couple of days. We're going to be doing some bonus training. So if anybody uh, would like to learn how to get the fundamentals down for building your personal brand on social media, that's what you're going to learn. So we're going to have the link for you everywhere in the show notes and all the good stuff posting everywhere. And of course on YouTube, all the places, um, everybody can sign up for that, but would one of the best places for them also to connect with you would be on LinkedIn. Yeah. It's a pretty, pretty, it's a good possibility that you will find me hanging out. And the funny thing is I, uh, I, I hang out on all social media platforms, so to speak. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm pretty like on Instagram, my handle is at Scott Aaron LinkedIn. So even though I'm on Instagram, my handle has LinkedIn in it. So you really can't miss me. If you go you on go. Google and you just type Scott Aaron comma LinkedIn on Google, you will have every single way that you can connect with me in any way possible. There you go. On all the socials. Yay. All the socials. Well, Scott, you and I always have a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on and pouring into everyone all the wealth of knowledge. I know um, I hope to see a lot of uh, people connecting with you, signing up for this upcoming personal brand masterclass. I mean, if you're getting this much just out of this podcast, imagine spending time with him and then going on and of course, and working with him. So thank you so much, Scott. Well, Mary, my pleasure. And uh, also it's just always so great talking with you online or offline when, you know, we can kind of let everything out and we can do our, you know, East coast uh, foul language where, when it's appropriate. Fast talker, fast talker, foul language, right. (laughs) And I just appreciate you and how you support me. And I really hope that the audience take away, you know, a a lot of good things and any way that I can support you and them. um, I am always around and thank you again for the opportunity. You're welcome. Bye everybody. Hey, you've been listening to the Lead a Life Uncommon podcast. I'm here helping you create a life to allow you to do whatever the heck you want to do whenever you want to do it. If you got some value out of this, I'm going to ask you, pop over and give a five-star review. Subscribe and share this with a girlfriend you know is ready to lead a life uncommon herself. And I want to give you a couple of things. Number one is pop over to marybicknell.com slash podcast. I have something called the guide to your hidden thoughts around money and success. You're going to uncover some good stuff there. It's a little workshop I'm giving to you. And another thing I want you to take advantage of is this exercise I did all around connecting with your evolved future self. You're going to love this exercise. It's going to be fantastic. In fact, when you're done, please, please, please go and tag me on Instagram or any of the socials and tell me what you thought. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and I'll chat with you soon. Bye now.